0: Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, and welcome to your chakra coach. If you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back. You know I think you're the best, and I am so honored that you listen each week. If this is your first time listening, I'm so glad you're here. I hope that this podcast can give you some tools to make your life better and more fulfilling and to help keep your mental, emotional, and spiritual health on track. This week is part two of my interview with Jen Moore, an empath and author who helps other empaths understand themselves and how to deal with the world. Last week, we talked about what exactly an empath is, the unique challenges of existing in the world while feeling others' emotions as your own, and why we can all benefit from moving towards empathy, whether we identify as an empath or not. You don't necessarily need to have listened to that episode for this one to make sense. But if you haven't, you might want to go back and give it a listen. It's very insightful. Today, we're talking about boundaries. This is another word like empath that gets used a lot. But I feel like we don't always even know what it means or, or that we think boundaries are walls used to keep people out. Jen takes us through how to set boundaries that are useful and flexible and grow with us, and also how to avoid violating other people's boundaries in an attempt to make ourselves feel better, especially if you're an empath. I do want to let you know that we briefly discuss eating disorders and suicide. So please take care when listening if these are triggering for you. Again, it's certainly not graphic but you need to make good decisions for your mental safety. That's a boundary. Before we start, let me tell you about Jen. Jen holds a master's degree in psychology and religion, is an accredited master trainer for EFT International. That's the emotional freedom technique that you might have heard called tapping. She's the founder of the Empathic Mastery Academy, author of Amazon bestseller, Empathic Mastery, which I'm in the middle of reading right now, and it's so, so good. I really have enjoyed it. She's also the host of the Empathic Mastery Show, and I'm going to be a guest on that next year, early 2023. And she is the creator of two Oracle decks and the Photographic heal- Healing Tarot. She supports other highly sensitive, intuitive women, to release empathic overwhelm and distress so they can access their inner wisdom and power. Jen brings over 30 years of experience to her work, where she merges practicality, intuition, and skill to offer insight, guidance, and emotional freedom to those she serves. So here's part two of our conversation. So speaking of being able to sort of separate yourself from the environment and other people's um, sensations and feelings and thoughts. Boundaries. Let's talk about boundaries. That B word. (laughs) That B word. I mean, I think just from based on this conversation, it's not just important for empaths, it's important for everyone. So would you, a couple of things about boundaries. First of all, tell me what a boundary is. And then tell me why it's important for all of us to be setting them in our lives, whether we identify as empaths or we don't.
1: Okay. So boundary is a really large word. And ultimately for me, boundaries are about being sovereign in ourselves. Boundaries are about owning our truth owning our energy, owning our desires, owning our limitations, and being true to them. And so in my, you know, and so boundaries can be energetic, where they are literally, you have a filter and a shield that is up around you, that allows you to be more protected from the energy sensations thoughts feelings and stuff that is coming in from the world around you so there's that where it's more of an energetic thing and then there's also emotional boundaries where it's like you know your hot mess of a relative is going through a hard time and you see them on your phone and you're like I've got to be getting ready for an interview in 10 minutes, and there's no way I'm going to answer this phone and deal with this person dumping their toxic, like, emotional drama on me right now. Um, and so there's the emotional boundaries of recognizing, like, what is what is ours, what is not ours, really being able to be able to claim, like, not nah, my circus, not nah, my monkeys, not my emergency. And then there's the strategic boundaries of what is a yes, what is a no, what are we comfortable saying yes to. And so examples of strategic boundaries could be if you are self-employed, like I don't know if many of your audience are self-employed, but I find more and more people tend to be these days. And, you know, but even if you're not self-employed, it's sort of like the boundary of somebody is asking you to work after hours. Somebody is asking you to come in when you are not on the boundary of saying, I'm sorry, or saying, nope, you know, can't do that. Not going to happen. But these are not, I'm available during this period of time. These are my hours. This is my availability. Boundaries can be about uh really like honoring our value not giving it away for free just because somebody says hey i can't afford this boundaries can be about also and this is something for empaths one of the things i've noticed with empaths is that because we feel other people's distress we feel better when other people feel better and if we've not learned how to deal with our own emotions and really sit with discomfort We will often feel a profound sense of urgency to rush into rescue to make people feel better so that we don't, so we can feel better. But the thing is that this is a boundary that empaths often cross because without permission, without consent, If we start going in and offering advice or going in and rescuing and giving our time and our energy and our money and, you know, and laying hands on and all of the other things. If we have not gotten permission to do that, unless we are a first responder or we are the guardian or parent of somebody who is, you know, either underage or is just mentally incapable of taking care of themselves then we do not have permission to do that. And a boundary that I think is an incredibly important boundary for anybody who tends to feel the energy of the world around them is to recognize that it is not our job to rescue and fix and to just jump in and do what we know needs to be done if we have not been directly invited to do that. Now we can offer this, but we have to get a, we have to get consent.
0: Jen, every single thing you just said about boundaries from the first word to the last word was absolute gold. I am going to come back and listen to my own interview and take notes. (laughs) That's so important. What is a boundary? Why do we need to set them? And boundaries aren't just boundaries so people can't come in. To our internal world. It's also so that we don't enter into other people's internal worlds uninvited because we wouldn't want somebody to do
1: that to us. We would not. I mean, think about if you think about, and I'm inviting everybody in the audience, like think about the times in your life where you were really going through a hard time and you had that sort of like meddler who showed oh. up and started and the people who like, you just felt judged. You felt like, like, like they didn't even allow you to work through your process. Like they were just like, 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 this is what you have to do now. And it's like, I know that I, everything, there are people where there have been people who have been like, hey, it looks like you're going through a really hard time. Could you use some help? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) But but there's a big difference between that and the people who are like, you have to dump him right now. You have to stop drinking right now. You have to quit smoking right now. You know, here, I'm going to just rescue you from this situation. So often when we do that, it's just so, I mean, if anything, I think we also prolong the bottom. We prolong the, you know, hitting rock bottom. We prolong the period of coming to that point where we have to say this is no longer working for me and i think ironically a lot of times when we do jump in we also are prolonging that person's process because they didn't make that choice that's right and yep, yep they, and be- they didn't make it
0: they are denied the opportunity for growth that life presented them and instead we snatched it away right. from them and Almost certainly with the best of intentions. I don't think anybody's jumping in to help because they want to make your life worse. Mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. But,
0: you know, acknowledging that we all have trials and we all have trauma, and part of our human experience is learning the tools to get through that as an individual. So I think that is an incredibly important distinction about boundaries. So it sounds like st- uh, setting a boundary starts with. First of all, the awareness that we need to set them, Mm -hmm. the awareness of what they are. And then how do we set a boundary? Do we start by making rules for ourselves? Do we start by making rules for other, which, by the way, is a thing I, I don't ever like to do. So I would. Yeah. How do we how do we set a boundary?
1: So I actually think that we start by knowing ourselves, that we start by recognizing what's mine and what's not mine, what's making me tick and what matters to me what do I need? And, you know, if you have been, and the thing is, as empaths, sometimes it's very hard to even be able to recognize ourselves. And so a lot of times, I think boundaries come at first, from taking some distance and taking some space and sort of turning down the noise from the world around us enough that we can actually start to recognize, like, What do, what do I really need? What really works for me? And once we have that self-awareness of what works for me, I mean, my book, the empathic mastery system starts with, it's got five steps because my experience is that the first step is we have to recognize what's ours and what's not ours And then from that, we can then release the stuff that is not ours. And then once we start releasing the distress and the things that aren't ours, then we can really start protecting ourselves and setting up boundaries. So the first piece of it is just that recognize what's mine, what's not mine, what's my truth, what do I need? And in a way, starting to acknowledge what we need and giving ourselves permission to accept what we need then as we start defining what is our yes and what is our no, it becomes a lot easier to say no and to have a boundary when we know that that's a no. So I think that you know, and the thing is that when first, a lot of times, especially like back, you know, when when we were first starting to do sort of like the ACOA work and everybody's carrying around the little teddy bear and working on boundaries, there was the sort of like, these are my boundaries, right? And just this very, very firm, you know, kind of like rigid quality to boundaries. In my experience, I mean, a healthy boundary is knowing yourself well enough to know what are you, what are you here to do? What are you not here to do? And being able to firmly, but comfortably and, and politely say, no, I don't want to, you know, no, that's, that's not my job. No, I don't have the time for that. No, you know, somebody else would be much better at that than I would be, as well as recognizing where are we possibly stepping into territory that we don't belong? So I think the very, you know, the very first step of setting boundaries is recognizing what do we need and recognizing when that need is getting infracted, when, you know, something's a boundary is being violated. And that starts with knowledge.
0: And it sounds like we don't have to be aggressive about our boundaries. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have like a a 10 point contract that all of our friends and family have to sign saying these are our boundaries, right? And that boundaries have some flexibility to them by the nature of being, you know, or uh, becoming fully realized
1: Absolutely. You know, having flexibility with them, because the thing is boundaries, boundaries really do kind of expand and contract depending on the circumstances. And so, anytime we start to create rigid boundaries, we kind of fence ourselves in and it's like those i don't think are boundaries as much as they are they're almost like a reaction mm. to um to our sense of of overgiving and overdoing and over rescuing that will set these arbitrary or these very rigid ideas or these rigid rules. And when we're very first starting to recognize these things, we may need some very rigid rules. I'll give an example, actually, that's related to eating disorders and food. A lot of times when somebody has had an eating disorder and particularly they've been in like binge purge cycles they need boundaries that are very, very clear about what is okay to eat and what is not okay to eat. When is it okay to eat? How much food can you eat safely and appropriately? And the boundaries are very rigid at first because things were so messy. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of people, but as somebody starts to recover from the eating disorder over time, the, there gets to be a certain degree of flexibility. And there gets to be a little bit of like, well, just, you know, today I'm at this dinner party, this is the only thing that's being served. You know, I'm not going to have the stuff that has gluten in it, because I'm allergic to it. But other than that, I'm just going to eat what's on my plate and not make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to weigh and measure my food. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, it's not my eating time. I'm just going to surrender to it. And I think that with sort of empathic boundaries and what it means to be an empath often what what we do at first is a lot more rigid than what we will eventually be able to establish but i do think that when somebody is in that kind of like really shrill really harsh really brittle kind of boundary that is usually that we still aren't sovereign in ourselves, that we're still not comfortable in our boundaries. Mm -hmm. So we're defending them. Right. And ideally what we want to be going towards is knowing we are worthy of the no. And so as a result of knowing we are worthy of the no, That we are able to comfortably and calmly say no without excuses, without defensiveness, without reactivity, without antagonizing anything, as well as without complaining or pointing out what's wrong with this. But just simply say, I can't do that. You know, I don't want to do that. Like just various ways of just being really comfortably like like an example is actually there are a couple, um, you know, the the podcasting uh, connection that you and I are, are in with Podmatch. Every so often I'll get a request for something from somebody who's like only available to do podcasts at like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm not awake at eight o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And if I were, I would sound like Marge Simpson's sisters. Like my voice does not work well at that, that early in the morning. I literally have my voice is two octaves lower than it is right now. And so I'm just really clear. And instead of just even being like, I sound like Marge Simpson's sisters at eight o'clock in the morning, I just respond by saying those times don't work for me. I don't give any excuses. I don't give any explanation. I don't go into anything other than those times don't work for me. Do you have anything available after 1.30 p.m. Eastern time? And it's just, it's that simple. Like, and and those kinds of boundaries, when we're not defensive about them, when we're not justifying them, they tend to land a lot more effectively than when we get defensive and try to justify our boundaries. Because Mm -hmm. then it becomes more of, Um, a power struggle as opposed to just this is my truth and either you know but also boundaries in my experience also have to do with letting go of the outcome in terms of and letting go of your investment that somebody is going to respect the boundary or that somebody is going to agree with you That if anything Part of what really makes boundaries solid is when we're like, this is my boundary. This is my truth. You can take it or leave it. I really, like, I love you. I care about you. But if it doesn't work for you, go with God. Like, it's all good. And, you know, and and really, like, not trying to manipulate or force somebody to adhere to or agree with our boundaries but just sort of being like, the this is what is my truth, and this is where you can fit into it. And if you can't, so be you know, it. so be it. God bless it, you. It go sounds go like, your own way.
0: Yes. It sounds like setting boundaries just takes some practice, right? Yes. And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about empaths always feeling better if everyone around them feels better. So yes. violating your own boundaries is a quick way to make somebody else feel good. So it's learning as an empath to sit in that discomfort, right? And yes. that's just going to take practice. It
1: does take it, practice. It's just going to
0: have to sit there sometimes and be like, man, this doesn't feel good.
1: This does and not feel good. And I'm learning
0: future. You is going to feel better yeah. than yeah. right now. You
1: And learning how to sit with our discomfort, Mm -hmm. learning and also learning how to, you know, we live in a culture that has this bizarre relationship with emotion. On one hand, we dismiss it, we deny it, we compartmentalize it, we try to push it down and suppress it. But on the other hand, we give it way too much power because we. it's like, if the emotion shows up, we just run, we try to run away from it, but we, we let it be, like we let it have power as if it could decimate us. Yes, it's uncomfortable to feel grief. Yes, it's uncomfortable to feel fear. Yes, it's uncomfortable to feel rage. And it's also just human and like weather, it passes if we just lean into it and accept it. And what I will say is that in my experience as empaths, When we can sit with our own emotions, but also when we do our work on our triggers and on the traumatic events, either within ourselves or within our ancestral line, or that are coming from past lives, if you believe in this, when we basically um, diffuse or dismantle the triggers of our own trauma, then we have a capacity to be present with discomfort in other people in a way that doesn't send us spinning out. And so in my experience, one of the most important things we can do is learn to sit with feelings, but also address and heal the things that are getting stirred up and triggered within ourselves when somebody is experiencing uh, an emotion or a circumstance that mirrors or resonates with what's going on inside of us.
0: That was amazing.
1: This episode is brought to
0: you by Bumble. chat for another whole hour. Easily. About all of this. There's we, so I, I much, have no
1: doubt we could. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So much to unpack. Um, however, I do want to respect our time here. Yeah. Uh, but before you go, I know you, you've you written a book, Empathic I Mastery. I have. Which I have. Sort of goes into all of this in in the depth that sort of a podcast format doesn't allow us to, can you give us, I mean, honestly, just the
1: highlights Absolutely. what that book is about? Okay. So Empathic Mastery, the title of my book, I'm holding it up in front of, in front of the screen that none of you guys can see. (laughs) Empathic Mastery is a five-step system to go from emotional hot mess to thriving success. And the foreword was written by one of my, my dear, dear friend, Chris Ferraro, who is writing her third book right now, Um, She wrote a book called energy healing and then she wrote another book called manifesting which is absolutely fantastic and I love Chris to pieces Chris is so dear. Um, um, Anyway, this is a book that is divided it's it's a whopping book it's 380 pages and it is like it's three decades of my life experience distilled into what I learned from hitting lots of walls and like having to turn left or right, it's broken into two parts. The first part is all about what does it mean to be an empath? Why are we this way? And what are are the ramifications of being like this? And then part two is my five-step system, which is recognize, which is all about recognizing what's mine and what's not mine release, which is all about letting go of those triggers, letting go of the the distress that we may have been carrying around for lifetimes, then protect is all about the boundaries, as we were talking about both the energetic boundaries, where we start building up filters and shields that maybe we've never even had before, and developing like becoming substantially less energetically porous, as well as the emotional and strategic boundaries. And then connect, which is all about the universe abhors a vacuum. So if we start releasing stuff, stuff is going to want to come back in. And if we don't change what we're connecting to, then we're just going to draw back in a lot of the negativity again. So this is about cultivating connection to divine source, cultivating connection to love, to positivity, and filling ourselves up with something positive as opposed to something negative. And then the the fifth step is act, which has to do with how do we live in the world as a responsible empath? How do we live in the world in a new way? How do we recognize that whole idea of it's my, I'm responsible, you know, my, I t- I'd only act for another person when I have that permission, like the boundaries that we have, the, what do the actual logistical, like, what does it look like to live? as a boundary appropriate, healthy, responsible empath. And then at the very end of the book, I've got a really long list of resources, of books, of links, of other things that people can tune into, as well as a gift that invites people to join basically um, a course that I created for all of the readers of the book that is sort of like the fundamentals of empathic safety that Mm -hmm. can give you guys sort of the basic start To go into that. So it is a book that is absolutely the love letter that I wrote to my hot mess, struggling, struggling adolescent, young adult self. It is the love letter that I wrote to people I know who struggled and found their way. And then also I dedicated the book to two women, one woman who stood on a bridge and considered Mm -hmm. jumping off of it, but called and asked for help. And another woman and both of them highly, highly, highly sensitive. And another woman who sadly, you know, did not she stopped passing the open windows and she stepped off this mortal coil because being an empath was too hard for her it was too much for her her history her story all of the things she just had a load that was just more than she could bear and so i wrote this book for all of the empaths who who just think there's something wrong with them, who've been told that they are too sensitive, that they're overreacting, that they're taking things too personally, that, you know, that they just need to get over it and who as a result question or think maybe there's something wrong with them or that they're broken. This is my love letter to myself and to all of the other empaths who are just trying to make sense of a world that doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, thank you. I am. I'm going to put a link to that book and to your website and such in the show notes so that people can find that. And so that people who are feeling overwhelmed do not have to feel overwhelmed alone, which sounds like a a huge mission of yours. Jen, if people want to find out more about your book or more about your work, where can they find you?
1: So nice and easy. Empathicmastery.com will take you to all the things. And if you want to go get the book, empathicmasterybook.com will take you directly to the book. That's great. Yeah, I'll
0: I'll put both of those in the show notes. Even easier, you can just click right on it. Jen, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. Again, I feel like I have 42 follow-up questions. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll have to have you back on and have I another would conversation love to about come back, that.
1: Sarah, it's been so yummy talking this with you. This has been you. such this a, a been delight. So
0: such a, yeah, it really feels good to yeah. connect with you. And thank you for your time and thank you for your energy. I hope mm. you have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. And I so look forward to talking to you again.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. This really has been just delicious.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to that, y'all. Whether you consider yourself an empath or not, I'm sure we can all agree that setting boundaries that protect our mental and emotional health is a skill that is necessary in life. Jen's book is really good at diving deeper into the topic, so I suggest you pick it up if you want to know more. Again, I'm reading it. It's an easy, interesting read. She also has courses and coaching available on her website, which I'll link to in the show notes. Remember that you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. I love to get messages from you and know more about you and your life. I really do. I also have a website with some free resources and courses, as well as more information about what services I offer. And please join the Patreon page if you're interested in bonus videos, meditations, and yoga classes. And if you feel that this podcast deserves some support from you. I hope you have the best week and set up some healthy boundaries for yourself. Talk again soon. Bye.